Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Can you can you guys uh, guess? We actually didn't get kicked off the air last time. So uh, we're back with another episode of Run On Scuffs, uh, season one, episode number two. Um, we've got a great show for you guys here tonight. We appreciate everybody who's watching, everybody who's going to watch in the future. This is our first ever live recording, thanks to uh, uh, poor... Uh, planning ahead of time from last week but this is not last week this is this week we're in the playoffs ladies and gentlemen uh so uh first things first let's get to some introductions we've got some returning faces mr loganity how are you doing tonight justin if i got any better i'd be dead let's be honest about it if i got any better i'd have to be in the hospital because my heart would be out of rhythm i couldn't be more excited to, to do the show tonight and we'll get into why in just a moment i'm sure I'm sure we will too. I'm surprised you're not decked out in the in the full gear, but you know, nonetheless, uh, forty. I see the forty three down there. Uh, I expected a little bit more, but uh, anyway, I see uh, Zachary Bell. Uh, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Fantastic. Not not as great as Loganity, um, but unlike Chase Elliott, I did survive Darlington Week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll get into Chase Elliott a little bit. That was that was pretty rough for for his week. And of course, we've got our producer, Peyton Lore, in the background. How are you doing tonight, ma'am? I am. I am high off of Logan's high. Contact high. That's what we like to hear. I mean, just look at it. You can't get any better than that. Um. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show for you tonight, like I said, and we have got some stuff to get into. It was a fun, uh, full-packed weekend of racing at Darlington, one of the uh, oldest tracks on the schedule, and we have a crown jewel, crown jewel race, the Southern 500, so it's always a, a joyful occasion. Uh, Logan, that's your favorite track anyway. Like the, It's your favorite race of the year. The Southern 500. Absolutely it is. Um, that makes it, obviously the winter makes it a little extra special. But I love it for the nostalgia stake of it. As you know, I'm obsessed with nostalgia. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to it with every possible thread I get. And uh, that's, yeah, that, that means a lot to me anyway. I was I was hyped for the race anyway. You can you can ask Peyton. I bugged her all week long about what are we doing for Southern 500? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Because, yeah, my, my favorite races are, are – I'd say probably Darlington, Bristol Night Race, and then the Daytona 500. I know that's an odd order for a lot of race fans. I get it. But I I couldn't love Darlington anymore, that old hunk of junk that eats tires for breakfast. And, Justin, just one more comment before I kick it back to you. Some of us aren't trying to project on others of what we wish would have happened. You see, I can be subtle because I got what I needed. You, on the other hand, are, well... My God, you're living in the past more than I am. Look at that shirt. Look, you gotta you gotta be happy in it somehow, right? I mean, at I mean, at this point, you look at all four of us sitting here. Uh, your your driver is the most recent winner out of all of ours. Um, so, you know, it, it's a tough time, tough time to be alive if you're a you're a true X fan. But we're still kicking. Uh, he showed some good speed. Uh, and we'll get again, we'll get into that uh, here in just a moment, because, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start things off with race review. Uh, nothing really fancy about that title. We're just 
doing what it says. We're reviewing our races. We're, we're two races this weekend, the Cup and Xfinity races. Um, and before we talk about the uh, the Xfinity series, the race itself, and the results, uh, Zach, I want to want to get your thoughts on something because uh, Denny Hamlin was supposed to compete in the Xfinity series race uh, at darlington uh like he has done for the last few years but he was not able to because of a wreck that he was involved in at daytona in the cup series he was able to run the cup race at darlington um but he was unfortunately not able to compete in the xfinity race he chose not to uh so i want to get your thoughts on that what does that mean for nascar and what does that mean for you know what does it mean for hamlin what does it mean for the sport in general uh it's a big concern for NASCAR, right? Like these cars have got to be safe. We're looking at uh, coming off of Kurt Busch, you know, still out, right? We're what, like seven weeks, eight weeks of Kurt Busch missing. And then on top of that, we're now looking at Denny Hamlin making comments about his jaw still hurting. And Darlington is no track to walk into injured. It's not a great surface. It's worn out. It's bumpy. It's a high-speed track with a lot of big hits. We saw that on Sunday as well. Um, I would, you know, I am concerned about the safety of this car overall. I'm also, I think the drivers are thankful that it's someone like Denny Hamlin because to me he is the loudest and should be most respected voice in the garage because he's both a driver and an owner, right? Um, but I would also argue that. You know, from a Denny Hamlin perspective, it's really not that big of a deal. He didn't sit out races. He didn't sit anything out, right? Um, and competed very well on Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thankful that nothing more serious did not happen to Denny Hamlin because of his uh, wreck at Daytona. But definitely some safety issues that uh, NASCAR needs to address. Uh, but anyways, uh, we have uh, we had a really, really good finish uh, in the Xfinity Series at Darlington this past week. Uh, the winner of that race was Noah Gregson, uh, getting uh, yet another win on the season. Uh, is Noah Gregson, Logan, I'll pass it on to you. Uh, Noah Gregson, is he looking like uh, an Xfinity Series championship favorite or maybe a little bit more before it gets to Ty Gibbs and A.J. Allmendinger. Look, I think that uh, Noah Gregson has all the talent, all the skills. There's just no denying that. It's it more it Really, when it comes to Noah Gregson, kind of similar to Kyle Busch, it's all about kind of the checkup from the neck up, right? It's, it's how do you handle certain situations? Can you control your temper? Yeah, I think we all know the championship caliber is there for Gregson. I don't think that... Uh, is any debate, but right now, what I what I say, he's the favorite. Still tough to put him past Ty Gibbs. Uh, if if I'm being honest with you, we know for obvious reasons that I'm rooting for Gregson, but but if I still had to pick a favorite right now, it's not him. He's got all the talent in the world, but there's just something about uh, Ty Gibbs in the Xfinity Series. Frankly, he hasn't done too poorly in the in the Cup Series outside of the last few weeks. Uh, I just personally. I can't make him the favorite yet. Maybe, you know, if he somehow were to win uh, this next race, then we might talk about it. But it, I, I have a hard time putting him over Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs got the, you know, the best equipment money he can buy. And he just say what you want about the antics of Gibbs, similar to Gregson, frankly, something about the kid, he's a winner. So, so yeah, uh, 
So right now, I'm going to put Noah Gregson number two behind Ty Gibbs. I can I can understand that. I, I think uh, with AJ Allmendinger, I would actually put Noah Gregson in that three slot uh, because of Allmendinger's spot in the points and having the regular season championship so close in hand. Um, but Noah Gregson certainly in there. I mean, hey, when when all the cards are dealt, all you got to do is get the Phoenix right and then be the first one to cross the finish line at Phoenix, and then there you go. Uh, just like that, you're an Xfinity Series championship, and for Noah Gregson, you're an Xfinity Series champion heading up to the Cup Series next year. So, um, so moving on to the Cup race uh, at Darlington, uh, obviously we've talked a little bit about the winner, and we're going to talk more about it, Logan. Don't worry, we've got plenty of time to talk about uh, Eric Jones getting a, a victory, but... Um, there were some things that I wanted to talk about uh, before we get to the winner. Uh, obviously, we had stage one. Uh, it was a tough day for Hendrick Motorsports. Um, overall, Kyle Larson, William Byron, um, Kyle Larson had issues. He was able to somewhat overcome it, depending on your definition of overcome it. Um, William Byron did really good. He picked up a stage win in stage one. Um so that was a good kind of probably the silver lining for Hendrick's day, to be honest. Uh, but what about the regular season champion, Chase Elliott, uh, getting into a wreck early on in the race, uh, collected Chase Briscoe in that uh, as well. Another playoff contender. Um, Zach, uh, Chase Elliott went from having 40 playoff points on the field uh, to now being, what, nine points above the cut line? I think uh, kind of fitting that it's the number nine. What happened to Chase Elliott? He's is this uh, is this proof of him potentially falling short in the playoffs this year, or is it just one bad race? Uh, Mickey Chase is starting to show up. Um, this is the exact scenario we talked about last week on our playoff prediction show. Um, Chase Elliott, as great as he may be, he is not superhuman, right? He is. Just like me and you, he gets in his car one leg at a time, right? Um, and the thing is, is quite frankly, like this is a scenario I laid out where a mistake at Darlington puts him right on the line. He really didn't have that big of a gap. And as we get further along in the playoffs, that gap to the cut line, of course, will get smaller and smaller. I, I think Chase, I expect Chase to get through, but I will say that. Quite frankly, like this is a scary situation, right? I mean, he's one blown tire away from Kansas, and we've seen tire issues out of this next gen car. He's one kamikaze accident away at Bristol from probably not advancing, quite frankly, right? As are any of the drivers outside of like, you know, 15 points to the good, right? Um, so he's not alone in this category, but it's, it's scary times if you're a Chase Elliott fan. Thank God I'm not, right? Like, uh, we're living in good times over here in Denny Hamlin land. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Denny Hamlin was one of the playoff drivers that seemed to avoid the uh, the issues for the most part. Uh, so good on him. Um, but nonetheless, no playoff driver was able to get the win, and uh, a non-playoff driver ended up winning uh, at Darlington, and I was – really upset because I, I thought it was going to be a different non-playoff driver crossing the finish line first. Um, 
Martin Truex Jr., you know I can't go without talking about him. Um, he led a good portion of the race. Uh, he was able to take the the lead late from his teammate Kyle Busch who won stage two, so pretty good for, for Kyle, even though he had issues as well. Um, at least getting a stage win, not too bad for, for Kyle Busch. But uh, Truex and Joe Gibbs in general, two cars had major issues uh, pretty close together, both the 19 and the 18. Uh, while they were leading the race, um, Logan, is that showing of uh, of some trouble at Joe Gibbs, or was that just Darlington? I got to tell you, I think that's just Darlington. Um, you know, back when Darlington was a not that it isn't a big sell now, but back when it was really, really, really hyped, similar to Daytona. We talked about you're fighting the track. It's a, it's a test of man and machine. And I think, frankly, with some of this uh, this next-gen era, and there's been some questions on the parts, and I'm not really alluding to Kevin Harvick's comments per se, but there's been some questions on the durability of the parts and certain issues with the tires. And and so I think some of that is just, again, we kind of went old school uh, this week, and it was man and machine getting tested, and some of them uh, lost in that, that track that's too tough to tame. And so I don't know if there's any issues. I mean, let's – you know, let's call a spade a spade, uh, especially when it comes to Kyle Busch. That was just some weird, dumb luck. I mean, it, it was <laughs> – I can't quit smiling about it. But it was a strange, strange occurrence and, and really kind of the same thing for Martin Truex. It's just – yeah, I, I, I wouldn't make too much of it in terms of, oh, there's trouble brewing at, at Coach Gibbs. I, I think it was just for some reason Darlington won. I, it, it, it's strange, but we've seen complaints of, of the of the, the parts and, and, frankly, the safety of these cars. And so if those grievances have any credence, it makes sense that on one of the longest nights of the year, some of them would, would you know, come to uh, fruition, unfortunately. I'm not wishing, you know, injury, and I'm not, I'm not wishing failures on anybody. But unfortunately... That's that's the way Darlington went for a long time. So it was it was kind of a throwback race. Yeah, I think I, I like the way you said that. I think it was just Darlington, the lady in black, as a lot of people like to call her. Um, my dad being one of them, he still calls her the lady in black, and and she gave me a black heart. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, for any wrestling fans out there, you guys might get that reference. Um, but yeah. Really tough for the for the MTJ fans. Tough for the uh, Joe Gibbs Racing fans, especially if you're a Truex or a Kyle Busch fan. Uh, Hamlin and Bell did really good, but I think even Hamlin fans were hoping for one spot better on that. Um, nonetheless, uh, there was one other incident that I, it'd be uh, it'd be a crime if I didn't talk about it before we get to Eric Jones winning the race. Talk about the safety of the cars. Let's talk about uh, another former champion, uh, Mr. Kevin Harvick. Uh, he had a bit of an issue where uh, rubber built up and uh, it just the car just caught on fire. Um, Zach, I'm gonna go back to you with the uh, with the safety issues here. Is this an issue with the well, obviously it's a safety issue. How does NASCAR go about fixing this? Uh, this was a completely fumbled the bag situation by NASCAR from start to finish. Um, you know, there's got to be some sort of way to, like, get this rubber out of the car 
and to, this car seems to um, keep a lot of absorb a lot of the issues it seems to have when we talk about contact within the wall or like whatever like the car the car like doesn't dissipate the hit you know um it seems like it kind of keeps there's like some issues with heating in the car um i know earlier when we were talking about not earlier but like earlier uh, before we started the season when drivers were testing they were concerned about how hot the car was getting um that might have been a factor with this um, and quite frankly, like uh, top to bottom, the car was an issue. Um, and NASCAR is having Kevin Harvick drive this car around the track when it's clearly on fire. And at some point he can't see. And that is when he pulls over. Kevin Harvick is out of the car seemingly before the caution is even thrown. Um, or like it's very close. He has definitely stopped on the racetrack long before the caution is thrown. Like NASCAR. Um I have had a long list of grievances with NASCAR and its safety. Um, and, and a lot of it, a lot of it's like safety claims kind of, they all seem to be, you know, juxtapositions to each other. Um, I'm not exactly sure what NASCAR can specifically do in the car other than like create way, more ways for this car to release heat somehow. Right. Like I'm not an engineer and I didn't build the next gen car. Um, and I'm not saying I could or I should, but um, if the drivers can rec- like if the drivers are routinely having issues, this is not the first time we've seen a fire on the next gen car. Um, it's concerning. It's very concerning, and you know Kevin Harvick has every right to criticize um, um, the safety of these cars, right? Like we obviously know the situation now. Kevin Harvick got his Cup career even started, right? Um, so someone who's been around the sport for that long and with the championship pedigree, he does like, he's a loud voice in the garage that really should be heard. And very clearly from the way he talked about it, um, after the accident, this is a concern that they've had. Um, and this is something that NASCAR does not seem to be answering to either, quite frankly, which is even more alarming. Like, you know, this is uh, this is the equivalent of the NFL being like, all right, guys, like, you remember those helmets we had? We're going to take those off and play the game as is. Yeah, it's it's hard to hard to argue with any of that. I, I think this was definitely a, another safety issue that NASCAR clearly needs to get fixed. Uh, I'm like you, Zach. I'm not exactly sure how because I'm no engineer, but there's been a few um, instances this year where, NASCAR has just it felt like they've dropped the ball in terms of safety and I personally I I certainly hope anyway that they don't mean to but it's just it's tough because this is you know this we want an entertaining sport for for all the fans out there and we want you know chaos and we want things like that to happen but I don't think anybody out there thinks that it's going to be entertaining if we see a driver get seriously injured or even worse on the track. Um, Logan, do you have any comments on that? Uh, you know, I really I echo your sentiments in a lot of ways. I do think we need to get, and I know it's hard to do in today's era, we do need to give a little grace to NASCAR. We're just, you know, we're just 27 races into a brand new uh, vehicle. And so I truly think they're, you know, they're looking for these answers, but, but, some of these aren't going to get solved this year, unfortunately, and that that's that's awful in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong, but with any new thing, 
you're going to have the, those kinks you got to work out. And unfortunately, it's tough to fully work them out until you, you get in there and kind of have the proverbial growing pains. And I, I know, I know you guys are saying, but those are costing drivers in, in the playoffs and you're right. And, and, you know, guys are, are, I don't know about getting injured, but certainly getting uh, hurt and sore. And, and that's not good either. But at the same time, again, give a little grace because we had uh, what felt like forever on the last gen car to to mess with and tinker and it took time it, it didn't it, it, I, that, I know nobody wants to hear that i know that's not enjoyable or likable but the reality is it's going to take a little time imagine when they have a few months off here uh come november to really delve in now again i don't know just as you guys don't how to fix these certain issues I'm not an engineer if you want to be honest Let's be frank about it for a second. This may be where the sport misses Ryan Newman the most because he does have an engineering background. And so the fact that he's not, uh, you know, I won't say the word retired because that's not what he is, but the fact that he doesn't have a ride at least for this season, we'd be better off as a sport if Ryan Newman did have a ride for this season. I know people, you know, it's, it's strange we've kind of come here because people say, well, Ryan Newman's not popular, he's not this, he's not that, and that – may all be good points, but he does have an engineering background that no other driver in the garage can probably really hold claim to, uh, the Boilermaker. And so I think this might be a little bit of where uh, the sport misses him because that's a guy that could get in there and really tell you, here's how you fix this. Because let's be honest, Kevin Harmon made some good points last night. I'm not disagreeing. But there's a difference between you griping to gripe or you griping to, to find solution. Not not a not a solution was found other than, you know, he wants someone that can run the show to run it. Well, what is run the show, Kevin? What are your suggestions? That's the thing about people is if we're going to complain, and I'm not saying Kevin Harvard doesn't have a right to complain, but are you complaining in in grievance or are you complaining to to find a solution? Because life is. Life is a case of it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So, again, it's tough when you you lose Ryan Newman due to, you know, sponsorship, couldn't find a ride, whatever you want to call it, because that's a guy. That's a guy that could, that could help us in this case, and maybe we could somehow get his help and opinion anyway. I'm sure he loves the sport enough. So, yeah, that's one thing I've noticed is, is maybe a guy like Ryan Newman is missed in this sport in more ways than we thought he would be. That's an interesting take on it. I certainly wouldn't have uh, – I, I didn't even think about that uh, with Ryan Newman's background, but maybe so. Maybe there's more ways to contribute uh, than just by being the driver. Uh, nonetheless, um, I don't know. I, I think Kevin Harvick, uh, uh, you know, I think he's concerned. I, I know he tends to gripe more than some, especially with the safety of these cars, but I, I do think he cares uh, about the the safety of the sport. And he, I think he gripes. Uh, I think he and Denny Hamlin kind of fall in the same uh, boat there, same as Kyle Busch, that they, they have their complaints because they want to see the sport thrive uh, in the best it can be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to add on this too. Um, you know, Kevin Harvick, I think is someone who's invested in the long term of the sport. You think about KHI and his you know, his brands and representing drivers of the future. His own son seems to be working down the path of racing a NASCAR, right? Like Keelan's going to be down that road. Um, a lot of these drivers, these guys who are 
in their late 30s and early 40s have their hands all over the future of this sport. So absolutely, you know, you can say that they gripe and complain and Kyle Busch whines and complains. But you know what? He's whining and complaining and griping for a better NASCAR for Brexton, right? Um, is that not the end goal for these guys? Um, and Kevin's doing it for Keelan and maybe Denny's doing it for his daughters and, you know, his teams. Like, these guys, like, the – um, these these drivers that have kids that are racing, like they gotta, they're thinking about the future of this sport from that perspective, and not only that, their own investments in the sport outside of getting in the car, strapping on the belts, and driving to win races. Look, I, I hear what you're saying, I really do. But the thing, again, you might be correct, but there's also a way to go about it. How many times have we, as as you know, we're all we're all children of parents. How many times has your parent or your significant other? you know, or whatever it may be, just rip into you, and you didn't need to be ripped into. You didn't need that. You get the point, but you didn't need to be told that way. There's a there's a constructive criticism, and frankly, Kevin Harvick didn't give any of that last night. He he had a, you know, and I'm not knocking it. It was good entertainment. It was good in TV, but let's be honest, he had a minor tantrum, and is that how we become constructive to the sport? Because if so, I guess Tony Stewart was constructive to the sport. It's not how it's not what you're saying. It's how you say it. You're these things need to change. We don't disagree on that. That absolutely they do. But to act like NASCAR just doesn't care, which is what he accused NASCAR of of, of last night, that they don't care because it's cheaper. I think that is just absolutely that is just sour grapes. That is a guy that I hope was just in the heat of the moment because he if he honestly feels that NASCAR doesn't care, he needs to announce this is his last season. Well, I, I think that, you know, we have I, – I think both Kevin Harvick, it, I think he is right to an extent. I think NASCAR has proven that they care a little bit more about entertainment than safety. I think if you want proof of that, just look at the All-Star race uh, with what they did with Ryan Blaney. NASCAR had three options in that scenario. Two of them, in my opinion, would have been correct, and they chose the one that was wrong um, by letting Ryan Blaney race uh, – with his window net, uh, you know, unsecure, uh, you know, so in, in a certain way, there is an instance in, you know, do you do what you say or do you, you know, how, how do you act? Because they say they care and then they allow things like that to happen. So I, I think with things like that, we go into a, you know, a debate of, what does NASCAR really care about? I mean, they say they care and certainly they care to an extent. I mean, they're, you know, a lot of people in the sport are close with these drivers, their friends, you know, almost like a tight knit family when you get on the road. But, you know, at, at what point does, you know, money or, or entertainment value, where does, where does that intersect there? But nonetheless, um, Kevin Harvick had his grievances, and I'm sure he will not be the last before we get this all figured out. Nonetheless, uh, after everything that happened in the Southern 500, um, we had a new winner this season, um, 17th winner of the season, uh, second Southern 500 victory for Eric Jones, and the first time uh, Petty uh, GMS has been to victory lane since 2014. Uh, with Eric Almarola. And before we get into discussing, uh, rumor has it that we have a home video 
of uh, Logan Morris's reaction on that? I want to say we do. Um, so uh, if we can get that to play, uh, Peyton, would you please roll that footage for us? That live reaction right there of uh, of Logan Morris. So we appreciate uh, our very own uh, Peyton Moore for that uh, wonderful footage of that. Logan, it finally happened. You finally got your moment. Eric Jones, he made it to victory lane, got Petty back. 55 years to the day of, uh, of Petty being in victory lane at Darlington. So... Uh, go ahead and unmute your mic and let us know exactly how you felt. Well, you know, if my doctor could have seen my blood pressure, he would have been absolutely, I mean, beside himself. Uh, absolutely magical moment. I frankly, and this is what makes, frankly, the sport so special. I know we have a lot of complaints right now, but I, everyone knows you guys know, uh, Peyton knows better than anybody. I'm a sports junk. Like that's, I, I, my, my life revolves around sports and I've never felt such emotion. Uh, you know, I felt a lot, you know, we've all seen our teams have wins and, but I've never felt such emotion watching any other sport. It was frankly one of the top five greatest moments of my life to, to see that happen. Um, and you guys know, uh, both of you guys know I take a lot of flack for my love of love of the King and, and that, that entire Petty GMS team. And so, and I've heard a lot of naysayers over the years, and, and frankly, they've been correct for a long, long time. And so to finally, finally get one, I can't put in, I still, it's been nearly 24 hours and I still can't properly put into words what it means. Um, it, it's just so incredibly special. It's, it's something that uh, will live forever. Uh, petty wins are not, they're not often, at least right now. Maybe hopefully that's about to change. But, but they're, they're, they're damn special when they do happen. And, and Eric Jones, you know, to, to be that guy, he'll get his hat from the king tomorrow, from my understanding. And look, I'm not going to take away the fact that it took a special circumstance to get this done. A lot had to happen, a lot of things we probably didn't see coming. But you can't overstate how special this is for Eric Jones, for the entire crew, uh, for Richard Petty, frankly. He's, you know, I listened to him on Sirius XM uh, this afternoon, and he was a king renewed, speaking uh, quicker and sharper than I've heard in, in quite some time. You know, not to, not to suggest he's lost it by any means, but everybody gets a little slower with age. And he was... Yeah, he was sharp. I heard a fellow fan say that 85 year old sounded 25, and he did. You, you guys have to go back and hear that interview if you can. So magical, and I would be remiss. And this one's for you, Dan Foster. A humongous thank you uh, to Maury Gallagher and Mike Beam, uh, you know, the powers that be at, at, at the GMS part of Petty GMS, because without them, this isn't possible. Uh, it would take a. Um, even more of a miracle if they hadn't gotten involved. And frankly, there might not be a petty team in the sport without them. So uh, a huge thank you to them. And uh, what this means to me and all the petty fans, you can't put it into words. And uh, 
you know, I know that I know that Zach's got some thoughts. He's a petty guy as well, just not quite as obsessed because he's much smarter and well adjusted. So yeah, this is this is damn cool. And I hope, I hope, because listen to this, boys, and then I'll kick it back to you. Our producer said to me, I didn't think this day would come. You know, she never told me that before, but she she said it last night. And then she says to me, then she says to me last night. She says, I think it'll be another two or three years before it happens again. So that's my that's my new hope and goal is let's let's uh let's not wait so long. Richard says he wants to win the next 10. And I don't see why he can't. 1967 all over again. Let's go, boys. I'm hyped. Let's go. I'm certainly hope we hoping we can get a true X Men somewhere in there before we I I'm hoping we can get true X in before uh, uh in victory lane again before Petty gets in again. Um, but nonetheless, Eric Jones comes away the winner of the Southern 500. Um, and just for, for time constraints, uh, we're going to, uh, move on from our race review segment. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about, uh, and we will get back to it. And a little bit later in our episode, you guys will see that little foreshadowing there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to a to a little news segment that uh, I'd like to call. Well, Logan, you know what it's like when you uh, when you put on some fresh tires there. I'm sure they felt it at Darlington. What's that feeling called? You mean the feeling of four fresh Mister Feel Goods? That's right. We're going to be calling this the the Feel Good segment. Although not all of these. Uh, top topics or necessarily feel good topics but gotta love feel good nonetheless we had a few uh topics throughout the last week uh in the sport of nascar um and we're going to talk about those a little bit um talk about a feel good moment getting taken away jeremy clements getting the win at daytona last week thought he was going to be in the playoffs but due to a penalty will not be in the playoffs. Um, the win still counts as far as the win itself, but it will not be a credit towards his playoff hopes. Um, uh, you know, you kind of play by the rules. You can't, can't be, uh, can't be too, they were docked points as well as fines. Uh, last time I checked it, it knocks like, it knocked him like to 22nd in points. So that's going to be a struggle for the 51 team in the Xfinity series. Uh, the team will appeal. Uh, so we're still waiting on whether the appeal works or doesn't work. Um, we're still waiting on that. Uh, Zach, what, what were your thoughts on, on Jeremy Clements on that penalty that kind of shakes up the Xfinity series playoff, uh, picture a little bit. Uh, yeah, I have some mixed feelings um, as a fan of a driver who also had a win taken away. Um, you know, it, they handled this a little bit differently than they did Denny Hamlin, uh, and that rubs me the wrong way, for sure. Um, I will also say, on the actual part of this that matters the most, right, like winning's cool, the trophies are awesome, Checkered flags, burnouts, all amazing things, right? But in the pursuit of what matters the most in terms of making the playoffs and winning a championship, this breathes a lot of life into Sheldon Creed season, someone who, in my opinion, has been incredibly disappointing this year for RCR, and it gives him a lot of new life, and he seemed to show off 
some of that new life this weekend at Darlington. Um, that's probably his best run of the season, it looks like. Um, so, um, you know, it's kind of a mixed feeling, right? Like, I think all of us uh, love to see the small teams win. We saw a small team win on Sunday night in Petty GMS. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, um, you know, like small teams winning like like a Jeremy Clements is why we all watch the sport. It's why we love the sport and particularly a track like Daytona. Um, but, yeah, you know, it really it's, – it's a, it's a really mixed bag of all sorts of different things coming together here, you know? Um, I know that's probably not the answer you're looking for, but – it's really hard to wrap your head around. I feel like. Yeah, it is. I mean, no particular answer I'm looking for on that. Just, you know, that's the true feelings. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions. I, I feel bad for a team that is, is so small. Um, like, uh, Jeremy Clements. Um, you know, I, it's always feels like a feel good moment when a team like that wins and, and for it to be taken away like that, um, you know, it, it sucks. Um, but you know, you got to play by the rules and that's how it goes. I do wish that they'd be a little bit more consistent, uh, with how they call things. Uh, like if, you know, if you're going to force Denny Hamlin to give up a trophy or, uh, or post a video on Twitter of him, uh, drinking the wine, uh, or drinking the champagne, um, well, you know, my, my bigger, my bigger gripe is that they, they didn't like reassign the win, you know, Jeremy Clemens still got the win. It's not like they gave it to Timmy Hill who, who finished second last week at Daytona. Right. But in, in Denny Hamlin's case, they went on and gave it to Chase Elliott. Um, so quite frankly, like what the hell NASCAR, like. You know, this is this is a this feeds the whole narrative that uh, Chase is the golden boy, and here comes his you know here comes his choo choo train, right? Like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, we're gonna give we're gonna make Denny Hamlin give a win away, and it goes, you know, obviously Chase was the first legal car or what most legal car, whatever. But Jeremy Clemens gets to keep his win. It doesn't go to anybody. It's just kind of as if the like the win never happened for anybody, you know. Well, you know, I, I get what you're saying, and you're right. There is a lot of a lot of judgment calls and a lot of inconsistency. But let's let's call a spade a spade, boys. Jeremy Clements and his team needs to needs this win more than Denny Hamlin needs a, needs a win at Pocono. If you if you take that win away, you completely kill any momentum that team built. Though you know, what about the winner's share of the purse, which is so in, in, important in terms of a team like that, or frankly, Petty GMS last night. And and all kidding aside, uh, Coach Gibbs can uh, you know he's probably still got some furniture money he's kicking in. Like, yeah, I understand. I understand it shouldn't be that way, and I and I respect that. But it's you know here comes my weekly baseball analogy. Joey Votto is going to get more calls because he's Joey Votto than a rookie batter will. That's just the way it is. And so sometimes look that that's why when people were like, well, but got to wait until Petty clears inspection. They're not taking a win away from the king. They might dock him three hundred points, but the win's going to stand. And that's just that's unfortunate, I suppose. But that's the way it goes. Clements and his team and his father needs the win. They need the money, and I know the points is important too. But but the money and and the prestige is the most important thing. 
And if you take that win away from that team, because let's be honest, they ain't winning the championship. They're not going to the to the to the championship four. Then you completely derail and just suck the life out of them. Where guess what? With Joe Gibbs, and I know this sucks, Zach. It's another Sunday. We'll be right back in attention next week. Well, I would argue that the, the, those points do matter. Look at where Chase Elliott is in the standings. Those five points absolutely matter that he got out of that win. You know, sure. no, it does matter. But but if but if we're gonna, it, but it's like a great football team complaining about an official call. If you're that great of a football team, then don't let it come down to the fumble. I, you know, yes, those points matter. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying that Joe Gibbs has the resources, the talent, the to overcome any of that. Clements, they 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 needed that win. Hell, maybe to stay alive. You don't want you don't want to derail that and take that away. Take all the points you want because let's be honest. They're like Austin Dillon in the Cup Series playoffs. How long are you going to be here? I don't know, but we can all bet you ain't winning at all. So what difference does it make? Sure. Oh. But but I think that, to me, these they're equal in that Jeremy Clemens' goal, to me, is not, in theory, a championship. His goal is to make the playoffs. Denny Hamlin's goal is a championship. That is the viable goal for these teams. To me, that is that's kind of where I get with them, you know. Is to me, like what it like what Jeremy Clements and his team defines as success for their twenty twenty two season, and what Denny Hamlin and his team defines as success for their twenty twenty two seasons are different things. However, individually, these wins both alter their seasons greatly or have great impact on it. I yeah. hear you uh, absolutely, but. Uh... But again, I think it means more to the to Clements than it does to Denny Hamlin because, it, yes, you're right. It matters. I'm not downplaying that. But if you want to tell me that a Denny Hamlin getting Pocono taken away means as much as Clements losing Daytona would, I just don't think that's the case for reasons bigger than why you go out and compete on the track. Well, nonetheless, uh, you know, if, if Denny Hamlin ends up missing a. Uh, a particular round of the playoffs by five points, then uh, NASCAR will have successfully uh, taken care of both of their hopes uh, because they did take Jeremy Clements' chances of making the playoffs away almost. Um, and, or, uh, or if Chase makes a round by less than five points. Yeah. Uh, Fine by me. <laughs> that's where we get into personal, personal things there. Um, nonetheless, uh, Moving on to our next topic, uh, another one that's not exactly a feel-good story. Um, I'm going to take the rain. I'm going to jump on my soapbox a little bit on this one. Um, so Truck Series driver Tanner Gray um, was cleared, uh, thankfully, of any uh, racially uh, insensitive language used on iRacing. Uh, there was a, a certain individual who was uh, pretending to be Tanner Gray and used and was streaming and used a, a racial um, slur. Um, and thankfully, it didn't go much further than that. Um, it, but it did get on the uh, NASCAR social media. People kind of jumped on it. And then Tanner Gray, um, you know, was able to come back on social media. He's got proof that it wasn't him. It couldn't, there was no way it could have possibly been him. Uh, on the account, the account that pretended is banned from iRacing, uh, not allowed back. 
here's where I'm going to jump on my soapbox on soapbox on this. I'm I'm glad Tanner Gray was was cleared, everything like that. Most people have come out and apologized uh, for the comments they made about Tanner Gray in this, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 hour span. Um, in this world that we live in today, that is so, so quick to, to make assumptions, uh, we've got to wait, uh, especially as, as media, certain mem media members uh, within the sport, we've got to be able to wait until we have all the facts before we start getting in, you know, before we start targeting uh, someone like Tanner Gray. Cause there were people that were like, you know, I, I mean, there were people. And, and again, if certain comments were, if you can verify that certain comments were made by a certain driver, you know, then by all means, I think they deserve the punishment they get. This is, you know, we don't have any tolerance for hate you know, anything like that anywhere in our, in our sphere of the sport. But I think that we have got to get away from this immediate assumption. We've got to know the facts before we just start jumping on somebody like Tanner Gray. Um, you know, I know that the Kyle Larson incident of a couple of years ago, I know that makes things a little bit tough. We're, you know, a little bit, we're, we're a little touchy on, on certain subjects like that, but, Again, I think it, it just it's in our best benefit and in the sports best benefit and in, you know, drivers best benefit that we know the facts before we just immediately start to judge them on things like that. Do either of you have anything you'd like to add to that? Well, that was I, I mean, that's just my own personal personal feelings on that. I, you know, again, if if we were sitting here right now talking about Tanner Gray had made a, a racial slur, if it were proven to be him, you know, then I'd be all on board for whatever punishment, you know, NASCAR or the teams and the sponsors felt, you know, felt necessary, but we've got to have the facts before we, before we go on. But nonetheless, uh, moving on another piece of news uh, for the playoffs. Um, so Kurt Busch, unfortunately, with his scenario, was not able to compete uh, for a driver's championship. But his win uh, did get the 45 car into the owner's championship. Uh, there are different playoff brackets there. Uh, Ryan Blaney and the 12 team are not a part of the owner's championship. Uh, and the 45 team is. Uh, 2311 decided to uh, make the decision that Bubba Wallace, their lead driver, will drive the 45 throughout the playoffs, which everybody saw um, at Darlington. And Ty Gibbs will uh, continue to drive for the team with the 23. Um, the teams will be the same. Bubba Wallace still has the 23 crew. Uh, Ty Gibbs has the 45 crew. But uh, really, it's just kind of a different rap, which – I thought for the 23 and the 45 uh, created a couple of cool paint scenes uh, this weekend in Darlington. Um, one thing personally, and I'm, I'm going to add another little personal note on that. I wish that Bubba Wallace would have to drive uh, with the 45 crew. I told both of you guys this in private um, simply for the fact that I think the, not only did Kurt Busch, earned the right to compete for the owner's championship. Uh, so did the 45 team. 
you know, Billy Scott and uh, the rest of that crew, I think they earned the, uh, the right to fight for an owner's championship. And I think if Bubba Wallace is going to compete for it, uh, I, I agree with the move uh, to put him in the 45. Um, but I, I do wish the, that the team uh, of Kurt Busch had the opportunity to fight for an owner's championship. That's just my own personal thoughts on that. Uh, either of you have anything on that? Uh, I think it's a bad move by Gibbs and NASCAR to, to try and, and give Bubba Wallace something that he didn't earn. Um, frankly, uh, I, I, I don't, I understand what they're trying to go for, but to me, it, it, to me, it smells like a PR spin for a, for a shaky season. Gwen, he's had a pretty strong second half. I, I just don't, uh, personally, uh, cause like you said, I would be less upset if he was dealing with the 45 team. Kurt Busch got that win. That team got that win. Sorry, Bobby, you didn't get that win. This ain't Talladega last year. So if you don't believe in Ty Gibbs enough to do that, then find someone else to drive the car. Uh, find someone else with with Kurt's, you know, Kurt's opinion. I just think that's I think you're unnecessarily propping up the 23 team and unnecessarily demoting the 45. Uh I disagree with that sentiment. Uh, I think that this is a move. I mean, and maybe it is a bit of a PR to be like, oh, Bubba Wallace is in some sort of playoff competition. If you want to believe that, that's fine. But really and truthfully, like I, I, I think this is twenty three eleven. Like putting it on the line, saying like Bubba, you better get yourself here next year. You know, we're giving you this chance to be in playoff esque scenarios. You know, where there is something to race for, um, other than practice for next season or whatever, and just a random win at Talladega for you, because next year you better be in the playoffs, right? Like. Uh, next year's Bubble Wallace is, you know, get up or shut up here, quite frankly. If Kurt Busch can come in in one year, start a brand new team, bring it to the playoffs and everything, then Bubble Wallace, who's been with them for three years, has all the mo- has all the resource money can buy, all the support behind him from two owners that are highly invested in this sport, a manufacturer that is deeply invested, then Bubba's, Bubba's got to put it out on the track, you know. Um. And quite frankly, uh, that that's what it is, right? Like to me, this is this is practice for Bubba Wallace, and and hopefully a a playoff appearance at least next season, and uh, maybe a, like a, a run at a championship or something. I think that's a that's a good point. I mean, uh, again, I just personally, uh, I just wish the forty five crew. Uh, had the opportunity to fight for the owners' championship. The whole forty-five situation is just just kind of uncomfortable, and it, it kind of sucks all around. Because I think we all agree that you know, like we said last week, that Kurt Busch should have been fighting for a for a championship, and because of the certain scenarios, he didn't. He's not. Um, one happy uh, piece of news that I want to talk about before we move on to uh, our debate segment: uh, Chris Busher announced that uh, he and uh, his wife have a baby on the way. Um, so that's always a, a feel good moment. A little bit of a personal, uh, any, anytime we get, you know, good personal news like that, it's always nice. Um, so we congratulate he and his family for that. So we're going to move on to our, our debate segment here. Uh, scuffed up. 
we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit scuffed up here and this one i, I think this couldn't be any more perfect for uh, our first one considering you two uh it involves both of your drivers um so coming down to the uh to the last little uh i don't uh come down to the last couple laps here in the southern 500 denny hamlin was closing in on eric jones and in the last lap he got close enough where probably could have if he wanted to moved eric jones out of the way got in the win um in an era full of you you do what you got to do to get a win we've heard a lot of we've heard a lot of drivers say this um denny hamlin acted with a lot of class didn't wreck eric jones and let him have the win and he even stated after the after the race that um you know eric's never raced him bad so he didn't feel the need to to race him any anything like that so uh he tried to make eric make a mistake he didn't and then nonetheless eric got the win with the playoffs on the line and with everything at stake and in this format of you got to do what you got to do to get the win um should denny hamlin have wrecked eric jones for the win at darlington zach i'm going to give the floor to you first no and here's why um this most likely will not be the last time that denny hamlin is racing eric jones on track whether it be for a position whether it be a situation where hamlin is up front or trying to be up front and he is putting Eric Jones a lap down or vice versa. I don't want to take anything away from the 43. If uh, Hamlin's having a rough day, you know, maybe Eric Jones cuts him a break or something in a a later playoff race. This is a championship caliber move by a championship caliber driver. In my opinion, Um, there's no sense, right? Um, If this is another playoff driver, you know, you, you, you send it right. Eric Jones is not taking a spot from Denny Hamlin. He's not really taking anything from Denny Hamlin, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I as a fan would love to see you know Denny Hamlin win, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and sacrifice my season on a race at Darlington, quite frankly. Um, in what in what hopes to be a championship run. And at a core at the core of it all, whether not whether mentioned or not. Denny Hamlin has been on Ross Chastain's ass all season long for how he's raced, and it would be an absolute egg-on-your-face moment for Denny Hamlin to full kamikaze Eric Jones in his best Ross Chastain impersonation. Um, there's just no sense, um, quite frankly. There's just no sense, and that race played out exactly the way that it should have um in my opinion that's good clean whole um wholesome old school hard racing and uh quite frankly eric jones earned it by in my opinion and they said on the broadcast last night in the post race the best active driver at darlington if you can't beat him on your own merit then you don't then don't wreck him and quite frankly, Denny Hamlin couldn't beat him on his own merit. I think that's a that's a fair point uh, as far as that goes. Logan, do you have a different opinion? 
You know, I want to first start out by saying I'm so glad he didn't wreck Eric Jones, but I do have a different opinion. You want to know what my opinion is? It To me, it continues to show why Danny Hamlin is not going to win a championship, frankly, maybe in his entire career. He lacks the killer instinct. Uh, now, I know if this was a race at, at Kansas, not putting down Kansas, it's a little bit of a different story. This is a Southern 500, and you just talked about it, Zach. You just got gypped by NASCAR for Pocono. You might need those points. And and so I know, you know, winning with class, and that is important. It is, truly. But when you're a man like Denny Hamlin, who has the, the proverbial monkey on his back, I had an all-out choking fit because he's the biggest choke artist of the modern era last week. And again, he shows a lack of killer instinct. Who? Why would he? Again, I'm glad it went this way, but why would he give the flip of a wooden nickel about Petty GMS getting a win or Eric Jones getting a win? You know what that looked like? It looked like Coach Giz made the wrong decision. That's what it made it look like. He lacks the killer instinct to get it done because, let's be honest, the late great Dell seemed to would have rattled his cage. Uh, you know, that's the way it goes. And uh, when you say, well, for Darlington, Darlington is uh, is a crown jewel. You can't get enough of them. How many crown jewels do you need? The answer is more. It's like, how many Daytona 500s does Denny Hamlin need? The answer is more. So, again, to me, it just lacks the killer instinct. And so that's great that he'll be able to sleep at night. And I appreciate it. It gives me the moment I've been literally praying for for years. But. It shows again that, hey, you're a nice guy. You did the right thing. But how many rings do you got? It's ironic. You have seven less than that car in front of you is known for. And if you keep driving like that, it just might stay that way. Sometimes you got to pull the trigger, hook or crook. Who cares what people think? You're out there to win. You you owe it to your team to send it. Who gives a damn about doing it the right way? Your guy, Your guys, your crew does it the right way. And now, guess what? You don't have a Southern 500 win. And now, guess what? You're not locked in the next round. And now, guess what? Those playoff points uh, don't matter. So, guess what? I don't want to hear anything about Pocono because he didn't have the gall. He didn't have the stones to send it when he had to for the Southern 500. I'm done. Well, Zach, I'd love to hear your rebuttal on that. Yeah. Um because, I mean, you can say that it's a choke and, and, you know, he didn't have the stones to put it out there, but this is all a part. This is all part of the point. This is a veteran driver making a veteran move. You know, this equates to a push at the line at Talladega for a stage win. This equates to making yourself easier, you know, not being a pain in the ass at Martinsville to be a lap, you know? This is, this is what this means. This is. This means when Phoenix comes around, when Denny Hamlin gets to Phoenix, because he's going to be there, that Eric Jones isn't the one that caused Denny Hamlin a championship. Eric, you know, this is this is the precedent the, the precedent that these guys have sat race have have made racing each other. We've seen Eric Jones cut Denny Hamlin breaks before um, on the racetrack. We've seen Denny Hamlin push Eric Jones to wins before. Um, this is the sort of respect that they have, and this is the sort of goodwill that you use that you put into this machine, and it's going to come out when you need it. You don't need a win at Darlington. You're third on the playoff grid. You've thirty something points to the good. He's fine. It's the next round. It's the round of eight. 
it's the championship race where Eric, where Denny Hamlin can cash in on this for Eric, on this with Eric Jones. Contrary to whatever you may think, Petty GMS is not going to be in a spot to win these next nine races. And Denny Hamlin may not be in a position to win all the next nine races, but he's got a lot more on these next nine races than Eric Jones does. And this is a championship caliber move. What's the, the move of a champion? What's the definition of insanity? Because this is what Denny Hamlin does, right? He does championship caliber things. He's Mr. Nice Guy, does it the right way, except complain. If you do the same thing over and over again and you expect different results, that's insanity according to the late great Albert Einstein. I hear you about it being the right thing, but the right thing doesn't have him any championships. Doesn't have him any None. Zero. Zilch. Goose egg. He's in the hole, but very good. Well, That's all I'm saying. Well, nonetheless, um, it's hard for me to argue with either of your points. I mean, I, I think I agree with that. We're damn good at our job, Justin. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you're here. Uh, you wouldn't be here if you weren't good at your job. So uh, um, it, it's hard to say that that – Denny didn't do the right move, though. I, I think that he is – maybe it doesn't win him any any championships. Maybe it doesn't win – it obviously didn't win him the race with the Southern 500. But, you know, sometimes our, our moral standing uh, does mean – This isn't a championship of, uh, losing moment, though. That's the difference, okay? Sorry to cut you off, Justin. But there's the point, okay? The stuff that Ross Chastain does – is a championship losing moment. It, it this is I, I know I've made the point about Eric Jones, but this is bigger than Eric Jones. Okay, Denny Hamlin is setting forth the precedent of how he races and the standard in which he sets. This is a translatable standard to the rest of the field. So one you thing I, I'm good at don't care. The rest of the young guns that don't care about that old guard anymore. That's old hat, brother. Eric Jones seemed thing, to care. He mentioned it. One thing I'm going to ask you here, Zach, just to play devil's advocate here. Um, if Denny Hamlin misses, the say, the we get to Martinsville and he misses the championship round by less than five points, could this have been a, a championship-losing moment for him? No. Okay. No. Why why is that? No, because this is because it's the same it's the same argument you can use for Martin Truex Jr. not making the playoffs. If it's five points, he had three races to cover five points. He could have won any other of these other races. Okay. There's a difference between having your pit crew fumble the bag or speeding on pit road and losing a race. Versus not wrecking someone to win a race. To me. Or, quite frankly, pull the tape off the car at Pocono. And you still would have won the race. There, there are several different ways. This one five-point swing at Darlington, if it comes down to being that, I'm not going to sit here and point the finger and, hit, and be like, oh... It's the Darlington race that Eric Jones won that cost us the championship. How about the slow pit stop at Richmond? 
How about the, I mean, quite frankly, there are other ways he even lost his Darlington race. How about bad pit stops all night long? Dropping four and six spots on pit road. Instead of being behind Eric Jones trying to pass him, you could have had a better pit stop earlier on in the run or a bad strategy call at the end of the race. There are several different ways to mark that, to mark those five points out. And we don't even know what comes in that round of eight, for example, if he's there, you know, or 12 or, you know, this round. I think that this singular, when you look at the schedule, the only time you can ever point to one singular race costing you your entire, costing you anything is the championship race. I think that's a fair point. I, you know, it, it's certainly one of those where you're, you know, like you said, there's multiple things you can point to uh, for, for why you miss the playoffs uh, or for why you miss a certain round. You know, you missing Truex, missing the playoffs by three points. You know, you can point to, you could point to New Hampshire. You could point to, you know, you could point to the Daytona 500. You could point to, the, the fall spring richmond race you know, spring richmond yeah it's definitely things that you can point to so it, i i see your point on that um that it, it may not be just one thing um so that was a little taste of what we like to call scuffed up and we're gonna have those coming at you every week uh we're gonna have logan and zach go at each other just because i am a a, a tyrant and i want to see it happen i want to see you fight for my own entertainment and for everybody's entertainment at home. So until you, until hey, you have both, a NASCAR during the all-star race, I'll be darned. Well, until you both decide to rise up against me and, and overthrow, but you know, anyways, um, so moving on, we've got, uh, we're going to go into a, a preview race, uh, previewing our races upcoming. We've got all three of the premier series coming up this weekend at Kansas. We have not seen trucks, on track in a month and uh, not only is it a not only is it just a truck race not only is it just a truck playoff race it is a cutoff race for the truck series um we've got uh 10 drivers still with a shot to win the championship and only eight once we leave kansas um quickly i'm gonna get you guys to give me who you guys think is gonna win at kansas uh Zach, start with you. Who do you think is going to win the truck race at Kansas? I'm going to take the guy who won there in the spring, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Zane Smith. I know it's the the low-hanging fruit, probably, but uh, sometimes the fruit that is the easiest to reach is the most delicious. Logan, what about you? Who's who's going to bring home a truck win in Kansas? I got to go John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, I know that's another kind of low hanging fruit, but I, but I think he's due. Uh, I know it's, I, I know it's been a while for the truck series, been a while for John Hunter, but I think he's due. He'll get it done. I'm going to pick uh, Chandler Smith, another KBM driver and another Smith. I'm going to go right in between y'all's picks there. And I'm going to pick Chandler Smith. I think he's got the uh, momentum going. Uh, he's been really good in most of the races. One, uh, the cutoff race. Uh, for the to last regular season race for them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Chandler Smith to win uh, the truck race. Uh, the Xfinity Series, also at Kansas, um, they still have two races left in their regular season. So um, 
I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say my Xfinity pick for that is going to be, you know what? I'm going to go with Sheldon Creed. I think some, I think the, the shot in the arm he needs, I think he gets it done. Logan, what about you? Don't overthink this one, boys. Ty Gibbs, you know, tag him, bag him. He gets it done. Zach, what about you? I'll take Noah Graxton. Um, I know I didn't get to speak on that debate too much earlier, but to me, Noah Graxton is the championship favorite in the Xfinity series. That's a bold statement right there from Zach. Um, I hope you're right. <laughs> um, so we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, for any of you guys who may have watched uh, mine and Zach's uh, previous podcast, uh, Dipstick Debates, um, we did a thing where we did uh, must just bust for our uh, for our picks um, for the cup race, and we're going to do that, but with a different spin. Um, each of us is going to pick one particular who we think is going to win, who we think is going to be the sleeper, and who we think is going to be the bust. Uh, Zach, this week I want you to tell me at Kansas for the cup race who is going to be the bust. Um, you know, I think to qualify, let me, let me, before we go in all the way on this, there are lots of busts you can pick, but in my opinion, now that we're in the playoffs, these should all be playoff drivers, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be fair. Um, so my bust of the, all the playoff drivers is going to be I hate saying it but Chase Briscoe um, this team's been on a cold stretch um, they had a floundering round out of Darlington this weekend before he was ever caught up in the accident with Chase Elliott he was like running racing for 30th I'm in an SHR playoff car that's it this is the flop I, I mean, even if he run like even if he's not caught up in accidents and messes, like what is his potential like truly on raw speed and everything else that car's got like on raw ability? Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair to say. I, I think Chase Briscoe is certainly going to be a, a kind of a what I would consider to be low hanging fruit there for the playoff drivers, because he's, I, I agree. He's just on a cold stretch. Um, my personal prediction is that in two weeks, we're, we're not going to have him as an option for this. Um, no. Um, so I'll go ahead and give you, uh, I'll do the, uh, the just here, the, the sleeper pick here. I think, uh, after watching Darlington, I think a good sleeper pick, um, even for Kansas is going to be Daniel Suarez. I think um, the performance he showed at Darlington, um, even after having an early issue, um, the, the competition caution saved him on that a little bit, but well, a lot actually, but Daniel Suarez, I think is a good sleeper pick, but Logan, I got to give you your moment, buddy. Um, you're you're in the Kings. The King just got him another win for his team. You're in the Kings corner. So, which playoff driver, if you were to pick, um, who's going to get the win this week? For uh, give me a playoff driver because it can't be a petty car. Oh, the 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 King. You okay? All right, just 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 making sure that that guy got gotcha. you. 
Uh, actually, I'm going to stick with the Stuart Haas theme that Zach brought up. I think Kevin Harvick is going to be sitting in the Kings corner this week. No one is better than a cantankerous closer, and he is certainly, um, well, let's let's be honest, he's pretty PO'd. I think he's got a good shot. Uh, he proved he can get it done on a short track at Richmond. He proved he can get it done on a super speedway, if you will, at Michigan. And now uh, let's just go with the old intermediate mile and a half, and he's gotten it done there before, getting hot at the right time. I know it was some it was some bad luck last night, but it was just that, bad luck. I think he rebounds in a big way uh, in, in Dorothy's favorite land. Well, that's an interesting, interesting pick. Uh, he's been good at Kansas before, so we'll see if he can get it done. Um, so we're going to get to the point of our show. We're going to start closing things out. We're going to go ahead and bring Peyton, our producer, back in uh, to the show here. Um, Peyton, uh, I'd like to get any closing remarks you may have. Once again, you've done an incredible job behind the scenes. Uh, we thank you for that. Do you have any closing remarks? I think that Ryan Blaney needs to win so that he's locked in and can win the whole thing. That's a fair point. Zach, what about you? Do you have any closing remarks for tonight? Uh, all, all feelings aside, um, and, I, and I am truly disheartened that Denny Hamlin did not win, um, but I have, Logan admits it, I have long been a fan of the 43, not as deeply as Logan may have, May it not as deeply as Logan is. My my uh, faucet may get a little hot and a little cold at times, but my original favorite driver drove that famed forty three at one point. Um, so to see the forty three in victory lane is always a good thing. It's a good thing for NASCAR. Um, even occasionally at the expense of Denny Hamlin. Um, other than that, I will still. My uh, sign-off-ish variation from the Dipstick Debates, of course, thanking my parents. This is a NASCAR is a commitment on anybody in our lives because uh, it's time-consuming as I'll get out. So the people that put up with us and put up with uh, however long we want to commit to that, whether it be your parents or whoever, thank you. So shout-out to my parents. It's a good shout-out, as always. Uh, Logan, what about you? Closing remarks here, buddy. Look, in my world, it's like 1967 again. I don't see why we just can't win the next 10. Let's go back to back and do this thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I, who cares if I'm right about Kevin Harvick? Harvick Schmarvick. Let's, 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 I need more, more. I have an insatiable lust for these victories now that I've experienced it. Give me more. All right. We just gave you one. Let's, let's not get a little too crazy here. Uh, we just gave you one win. So. Look how thick my face is. I never stop at one. <laughs> all right so from all of us here at running on scus we appreciate everybody for watching we hope all of you have enjoyed and we hope everybody has had a great labor day uh we will see you guys again next week at the same time be sure to check out all of our social media uh and be sure to uh check out our playoff prediction show which we did um last week um be sure to check that out, and we'll, we'll probably go back uh, later in the season, probably at the end, and we'll we'll see just how wrong we were. Um, or right, you never know. There's always a chance there. Um, 
But nonetheless, from all of us here at Running on Scuffs, we hope you have a great uh, week, and we will see you guys next Monday.